Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Mountain Off Sports Show live on the air. Yep, we are back on the airwaves here. Our official time slot is the same one as uh, the fall. Tuesdays, 5 to 7 is where you can check us out live every week, barring some random snowstorm that I pray does not happen. But nonetheless, I am joined in studio alongside by Zachary Lacey and Ryan Brown. Boys, how are we doing today? Wonderful to be back in studio. I agree. And I second that. It's great. It's great. You know, we've been doing, like, the off-air shows, and it's fun. Um, you know, you don't have to, like, you know, watch, you know, you're <laughs> swearing nearly as much. I mean, you know, you can dabble a little bit, but being on the air is awesome. Being in the studio is great. Talking sports with you guys is awesome. So doing it in this kind of, you know, arena, this venue, <laughs> this, this battlefield, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. So we got plenty to talk about still, even though we've been doing our show still weekly um, off air, but we got a big show. And the first show of the spring semester, the same it's been the last, you know, two spring semesters I've done this. Uh, you get a Super Bowl recap to just get you right back into the flow of things. Super Bowl 54. Uh, the Chiefs end up pulling it out against the 49ers, 31 to 20, the final score. Um, so what were your initial takeaways from the game itself? Um, my, for me personally... Just the game in general, product-wise, second half exponentially better than the first half. The first half was kind of a dud, especially the way it ended. But I think we got a pretty solid Super Bowl. And, you know, the Pats, first time they haven't been in it in the past, like, four years. So, it you know, it's kind of a nice change of pace. And you got to see two young guys, a former Patriot and uh, Jimmy G and uh, Pat Mahomes, who's the hottest thing out right now, and Andy Reid finally securing his first Super Bowl win. So, love him, you hate him. Uh, overall, it was a good game, but, man, that first half, it was not trending very well. Yeah, uh, my initial reaction is that Kyle Shanahan is the new Andy Reid. <laughs> he, he won't, he'll mess up the big one and won't get it done probably for another 15, 20 years, and then everybody will be talking about him like they were talking about Andy Reid, and he'll finally get one at the end of his career. I mean, the way he mismanaged that before halftime as oh, well as yeah. the end of the game is is just despicable. Yeah. I Before you get going, Ryan, I'll second that. The The image of uh, their GM in the booth making the timeout signal as Shanahan just was <laughs> not making the timeout, that image, that, oh, my God, that sight will haunt him forever until he wins one because, man, that's rough. Even your GM is like, hey – Let's go, timeout. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I got to agree with the first half take so far. Uh, the, the first half was kind of just both teams sort of feeling each other out. Nobody wanted to make a mistake, so everyone was being sort of cautious, being not really trying. Even the Chiefs weren't really trying the deep ball too much in that first half, uh, and, and it resulted in a 10-10 first half. You know, nobody was really taking any chances, and the defenses weren't really making anything happen. Uh, then the second half, things just really swung in two different directions, where third quarter, the 49ers opened it up, took a double-digit lead in the fourth, and then they found a way to just completely throw it away. And apparently that is a Kyle Shanahan thing to do now, officially. It's, one time you can say it's a fluke, but now it's a trend, and uh, that's, that's not good for him. 
Yeah. Two biggest two biggest comebacks in Super Bowl history. Who was on the losing end of both of those? Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Not good. <laughs> That's not a good record to have. That's no. really bad, Walt would say. And also, since 2010, first team to score in the Super Bowl, 8-2. and two. Both of the losses, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Oh, man. Oh. Jeez. I mean, yeah, that fourth quarter, specifically for Jimmy G, as much as I've been trying to cheer him on and you know, hope for the best, mm. and I was really rooting for mm. the Niners. Mm. I will admit when I am wrong, and he did not step up. Yes, Shanahan gets plenty of blame, but it's about even, I think, but between him and Jimmy G. The fourth quarter, he had a QB rating of 2.8. Is that good, Dan? Uh, I'm here to announce officially that is not good. Um, you don't want a 2.8 QBR in any quarter. But the fourth quarter of the biggest game of your entire life probably isn't good either. That was the worst fourth quarter quarterback, or passer rating, excuse ever. me, for a starting quarterback ever in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Ever. Yeah. Well, ever. You see, the thing about that, too, is that Shanahan just did not trust Jimmy G after that first pick. He had no faith in him. I, I disagree. Yeah. yeah, I do, too. I disagree because... I, they threw the ball way a too much. A third of his throws were in that fourth quarter, and half of them were when they still had the lead. Well, yeah, but, I mean, at that point, I'm talking, like, more so in the first half. Like, if he, if he had any true faith in Garoppolo he at was, the end of that first half, they wouldn't have ran it three times to start it off. Well, it, they did the Brady thing th- th- this year, too, where he just didn't take his time out to get the ball back with a minute 45. Yeah, and that was 20 seconds. That's... That's showing that was the same thing with Pat's offense all years that they didn't have faith in the offense to go down and score, and then they make a couple of big plays and then they're like, "Oh crap, we yeah. don't have any time left to actually do this." And then that PI call on Kittle on the forty-four soft. yard completion Very was soft. Oh yeah, off the, the comparison between him and uh, Kyle, Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings game identical. They were both exactly the same play, <laughs> and one was called and one was not. It was that was comical. That's yeah. That's 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 OPI for you in this league. They still have no idea how to cover govern it. They know have no idea how to replay review it. They have no idea how to handle it, and that's embarrassing. That they even in the biggest game of the season, they still don't know how to figure it out. I think they have to take the replay review out. It might as well because it's not helping. It, yeah, I mean nobody has any idea what is going to be called and what is not and what is not going to be called when they go to review. They, I mean it's not clear at all. So you're just not helping anybody. Making the refs look bad when you got to overturn one, and then I think they're trying to make the refs look good and, and not overturn more of them, yep. which is part of the problem. So if you're trying to do that, just take it out. I yeah. mean, they had to appease the Saints fans who were going to freak out about the call <laughs> last year. And then they just went ahead and did it again anyways. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the point? Yeah. They only really overturn is uh, pick plays at, like, the line of scrimmage where it's, like, a, a couple yards too deep. Yeah. That's the only, those are the only ones where it's, like, borderline, okay, you ran five yards down the field right. and ran directly into someone to free up your teammate. Like, that's OPI. But that's all they would do. And that's, 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 an, that's a story for another day, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... To go back to your point about Jimmy G, Dan. Yeah. It, I, I agree. It is 50-50 on Shanahan and Jimmy G. Jimmy G was given, in the fourth quarter, 13 pass plays. He was sacked on one, threw an interception on one, 
uh, had to scramble out of bounds on one. It was 3 of 11 total. It was Had that only time he was sacked in the fourth, threw an interception, 3 of 11 for 36 yards. I mean, and the pass rating, which is just awful. Yeah, I know. I would say my larger point, too, is that Shanahan has no idea when to run or when to pass. I, yeah, He, he doesn't was, have a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get to. Is, yeah, yeah. Is he just Kyle Shanahan just decides to abandon his vaunted run game at the worst time imaginable. You have the lead. Just, just rely on your run game. It was fairly efficient. Yes, the end-arounds, the Debo Samuel end-arounds constituted over a third of your rushing yards, but... Tevin Coleman was 5 of 28. That's a very efficient number. I Not not a big number, but efficient. And uh, Mostart was 12 of 58. Again, that's not amazing, but efficient. Just rely on it. Why would you put Jimmy G in that kind of spots? Just, there was no yeah. need. And it, it felt like they didn't go to Debo and Kittle enough in the second half. I don't know if, I don't know how many balls Kittle saw in the second, but it didn't feel like... He was targeted um, nearly as much as he was in the first, and I don't know if it had had anything to do with that OPI. But at the same time, I mean, I think the larger story too. I mean, yes, the Niners did collapse; they did choke. But Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, man, they still figured it out. They still barely. They still were able, like that that deep ball to Tyreek, where he where he just put it there, and Tyreek just happened to find some some room out there behind. Uh, I forget the back's name that he got Weather behind. Spoon or whatever. That, yeah. I don't know. That but was I mean, terrible defense. That, how do you let – it's like third and there 14, was, third and 15. How mm-hmm. do you let that up behind you? There was a pocket of probably 10 to 15 yards in every single which direction of Tyreek Hill's location. And he had all day to just sit under it and just secure it with two hands and then figure out what he wanted to do. We were talking about it when we were watching it. Yeah. I thought he was throwing a Sammy Watkins. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't you even see he... Tyreek Hill on the screen. And then it, yeah. it just, like, sails over Watkins' head, and then I'm like, oh, sick. And then it just goes right into Tyreek's arm. Like, how do you let this guy – he's one of the fastest guys mm-hmm. in the league, and you guys are just going to let him behind? It's just mm-hmm. – Sherman had a tough day, Very too. bad. Watkins lit him up. When he was covering Kelsey, I think he did very Kittle, fine. yeah. He was – or, yeah, Kelsey, yeah, he was yeah. good. But when he was matched up on one of the, the chief speedster oh. wide receivers, he got torched. Yeah. torched. That's exactly what we said was going to happen in – yeah. He's just not as he's just not as fast as he once was, and that's fine. He's still good in coverage. He's still had a great but, year, yeah. but I mean, you well, gotta just not put him on an island with the wrong matchup. Yeah, and they refused to go get away from it. Mm-hmm. Either that, or the Chiefs just found a way to keep putting, forcing the Niners to get into that sort of matchup, and that's on the Niners for not adjusting on their end. Mm-hmm. We said this game was going to come down to the offense and defensive lines. Who was getting pushes and who was being able to make pressure on the quarterbacks? For the first three quarters, the Niners were putting pressure yep. on Mahomes, four sacks, forcing him out, and not letting him just extend plays all over the place and make the crazy throws that he loves to do. The fourth quarter, they didn't do that as much, and he was able to make some plays. And in reverse, Jimmy G had time. When Jimmy G had time, he was great. And then when he was pressured, he was garbage. Let, let me read to you the exact stats on this. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen yeah, it. Go ahead. With no pressure, Jimmy G had an 86% completion percentage, threw for 199 yards and a touchdown, and a 119.5 pass rating, which is pretty darn good. When he was under any sort of pressure whatsoever, 11% completion, <laughs> 20 yards, two interceptions, a sack, 0.0 passer rating. 
Yeah, yeah, and anytime guys were getting their hands up on the line, like Chris Jones, he just he I don't know what it was. His feet were never set. He was he was never like stepping into his throws, like especially in the latter part of the game. And they kept batting balls away or tipping them, and like that was another thing that affected him too. Is like I think that screwed him up when sometimes he wasn't getting pressured like to the fullest, and some guys were sitting back and just putting their hands up, you know, because he's not the tallest guy in the world. And on the sidelines too, he was showcasing a little bit of like a sidearm throw. I don't know if he was trying to change his release at all or something, but I don't know. Chris Jones made two of the biggest plays of the game that aren't going to get talked about. Yeah. They got when the Niners were driving up, they were up 20 to 17. They on first down most it runs 5 yards and then Shanahan decides to do play action. Because Jimmy G's been hot, whatever. He had and been then, very good in play action. Yeah, those play action. They had an eight-man box, so it was probably the right call. Had a Kittle wide open up the middle, and Chris Jones just jumps up and put that big paw out there, knocks it down, and then the next play incomplete, and they get the ball back, go score a touchdown. Next drive, they're driving again. Down by four, you need a touchdown. Got around the 50-yard line, first down. Debo Samuel wide open in the middle of the field. Would have had all day to run. And Chris Jones just swats it again. And yep. then Jimmy G misses Emmanuel Sanders on the deep ball. He got behind the defense. Ooh. That's and the throw, yep. That was the throw that he had to make, and Dude. he didn't do it. And then fourth down, he gets sacked, and that's the ball game. The one thing I'll say, too, to add to that is last week, I remember specifically saying how, like, you know, I don't see Jimmy G having, like, a crazy huge game, you know, like over 300 yards. But I said, when it comes down to it, nut-cutting time, He's going to make a throw or two that he has to make, and he didn't. He missed him by, like, at least 5 to 10 yards. I mean. And you know what you also said was if he gets into that 30-plus pass attempt range, then you you lose a little bit of confidence. Yes, that means, and that's what happened. Yeah. But he, he was great up until that fourth oh, quarter. Yeah, he was like 18 of 22. Was, I was like, oh, it, my God. Yeah. I was so pumped. 17 of 20 for 183. He would have been the MVP. A, a touchdown and an interception going into the fourth. He was probably going in the fourth quarter outplaying Mahomes. Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. He easily would have been the MVP, yeah. too, if they wanted held on. Mahomes, Mahomes did was not, not have a good three game. Quarters. Yeah. yeah. He finished strong by making some plays when he, big plays when he needed to, and Jimmy G was the exact opposite. But Mahomes did not deserve Super Bowl MVP whatsoever. It should no. have been Damian. No, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, Williams all Not day. even close. Uh, that, that is just the league just favoring the quarterback, quarterback yeah. and, I, that's, and the storyline and everything. Damian Williams, 104 yards, 29 yards on four catches, two TDs. Dude was a stud the whole game, and Mahomes throws two picks and looks like garbage for three quarters. And then... Just because he brought them back. Makes a couple plays, and he his best thing in the first three quarters was his running. Yeah. And that yeah. those little option plays that they were running, the 49ers had no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the, the QBRs. Mahomes was 61.6 for the game. Garoppolo was 40.6. Like, Mahomes at 61.6, that's slightly above average. Yeah. Like, he did not do anything crazy. He just made the throws at the end that needed to be made. I wonder what his QBR was in the first three quarters. It was probably below 50. No, no, be. no doubt. Uh, but yeah, it's just, in a, you, we've wondered who was going to be like the quarterback battle, what it was going to come down to. And it was exactly what we thought it was. Can Garoppolo make those big plays like Dan pointed out, and he wasn't able to? And is, was Mahomes going to be able to keep up his impressive play? And quite honestly, he wasn't. Yeah, He wasn't able to keep up that pace that he had been on. But 
not to harp on it, I think I've said it five million times already, but he made it the plays that he needed to when it mattered most. And he still threw two picks. Yeah. <laughs> he still threw two picks. Uh, I mean, it just the Jimmy G thing. It just sucks because you the Niners pay this man twenty seven over twenty seven million dollars, and then they they ask him to just make the throws when they need him to make the most and rely on the run game pretty much all season. And when it comes down to it, couldn't do it. I know. And that's that's not good. It's tough. And I hate the line, too. Shanahan almost doubled down after the game about the first half. He said, I liked where we were at 10 to 10. Like, he was afraid. Two minutes left. Yeah, he was afraid of the possibility of the Chiefs getting the ball back, going down for a field goal, whatever. Like, he just felt like that was a moral victory. Like, yep, going into the half 10-10. It's like, you're not playing to win the game. You're playing not to lose. It just, cliche, but it's obvious. I mean, like, just let that clock run all the way down. They punt it off to you with, like, under a minute now to go. And if that wasn't an OPI on uh, Kittle, who knows? Who knows? If they had gone up. 17 to 10 going into the half could have been completely different complexion um, in the third and fourth quarter. But that's what happens when you don't take your shots. I mean, we've seen a lot of aggressive play style in the Super Bowl in the past. It's not like it's not like everybody just plays a conservative yeah, conservatively. I mean, the the Saints started off the second half when they beat the Colts. Onside uh, kick. Yeah, onside kick in 09. You know, sometimes you got to make those kind of ballsy type of plays and calls to, you know, really, I don't know, just change the pace, or especially against a team like that, the Chiefs, where you know they can put up points in bunches. They've been down in uh, each playoff game leading up to this one. They, they can come back from pretty much anything, and they know they can. And they were down by 10, and they ended up just, what, they put up uh, 21, 21 in, the fourth. in that fourth quarter, yep. yeah, with the late, um, the late score. So, yeah, you just points, points are a premium, I feel like, in any game. But, like, in the Super Bowl, and you're, you know you're going up against that vaunted attack, you, like, I don't know. It was just my, mind-boggling to me. I don't know how they didn't at least go for a field goal there. i got to give the Chiefs credit. I mean, first team in history to be down 10-plus points in every playoff game and win the Super Bowl. That's pretty damn good accomplishment because point, points are tough to get in the playoffs and come back from 10. I mean, the first two, or the first one, Against the Texans, Jesus, man. I know, down 24. Down 24, and then you're up at halftime is just... To survive a blitzkrieg yeah. at home the way they did. I mean, it was at home, but still, you 24, like it's a 24 nothing at home yeah. in a quarter and a half. They were on pace to get literally run out of their own building by halftime. And then in a matter of three minutes of game time, it's a three-point game. Yeah. And by half, they're winning. Just... And then to do the same thing, almost down ten in the, in the Texans, cha- yeah. down ten in the in the conference championship game, down ten fourth quarter in the Super Bowl, yeah, couldn't have said it better. Hats off to him. That's, I think the thing that shocked me the most though was in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. If you take away the Mahomes kneel downs at the end of the game, the Chiefs outrushed the San Francisco 49ers. They were surprisingly I would have good. Never have expected that. Yeah, I. Williams was able to run effectively. I mean, for a lot of the the first, I'd say first half, and then like the third quarter, um, they were running the ball like I thought the 49ers would. Um, And 
yeah, if you're able to control the clock at all against a team like the Niners who probably aren't going to put up a, you know points in bunches, just all the more power to the Chiefs. And, yeah, they were able to come back and just have a much better fourth quarter. Like, that fourth quarter, what, you know, Mahomes was borderline untouchable. And, like, yeah, if you're going to let a guy come back from that kind of uh, deficit like he's done all playoff long and you can't make – you know, a big throw to match them, you know, you deserve to lose at that point. So, yeah, I think the Niners definitely blew it to an extent, but the Chiefs, ultimately, they deserve that win, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you could sit here and sit and bitch about the 49ers play calling and everything, but in the end, Chris Jones makes a few plays. The Chiefs wide receivers make come up big, make a few plays. Kelsey scores a touchdown. Both teams did things to win the game. Both teams did, did 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 things to lose the game, and the Chiefs just did one or two more things to win the game. Yeah. My final thoughts: KC minus one and a half in the under. Never in doubt. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, I got a little tri- trivia question for you guys. Okay. Kyle Uschek, the fullback for yep uh, San Francisco from Harvard, scored a touchdown. How many fullbacks have scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Three. I will go with uh, two, one of them being Devlin. And Jonathan in the studio now? I'll uh, go with six. Wow, close. Jonathan seven. said he'd go with six. Oh, seven? Okay. Yeah. Figured the days of the ground and pound back in like the <laughs> 70s and 80s would lead to some fullback touchdowns. Yes, sir. Yeah. My final thoughts, Jonathan, we'll get to you, uh, your thoughts on Super Bowl 54. But, yeah, um, I think Jimmy G could get back there, but I don't know. I don't know about Shanahan. I mean, two losses like that, that will shake you to your core. I know he wasn't the head coach of the Falcons, but he was the OC. DC. Shanahan was? Right? OC. 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 Offensive coordinator. It's all good. Um, That's why it's his fault both times. Nonetheless, though, I think Jimmy G is good enough to get back. But I don't know. You know, a loss like that early on in your career, he could end up just being like a regular season wonder. But Pat Mahomes, that's the story. Although, we, like we said, Damian Williams probably should have been MVP. Nonetheless, he gets his uh, first Super Bowl win in his third season. Crazy. Dude's crazy. Jonathan? Uh, yeah, I was listening to you guys on the way over here. Um, tough game for your 49ers. Um, you guys really like them this year, as we know. I would. Uh, so did you talking out of both sides nah, of your mouth? Nah. Oh, 49ers <laughs> were not. They're my team all along. It was a jinx. <laughs> but uh, it was just two young guys, Garoppolo and Shanahan, again, that were the moment was just too big for them. I mean, if I was assigned grades, I would give Shanahan a big fat F. I would give Garoppolo probably like a D plus maybe. But Shanahan, I would say, Jimmy G is not obviously off the hook for this, but this was more Shanahan than it was Garoppolo. I mean, that play calling at the end of the second quarter was atrocious. Um, just playing passive. You just you can't do that in the Super Bowl, especially when you're playing against you know the best offense in football in Kansas City. And then... In the fourth quarter, they need a run clock, and they have the best running game in the whole league. And I understand that they were making, you know, 
play action and he tried to be deceptive, but it's like it was almost like Shanahan was trying to be too smart. Just run the ball. Run the ball. You have you make you're getting five yards like a pop, okay? You got second and whatever, four or five, and they throw a pass in that fourth quarter and it gets deflected down. And not only is it incomplete, but the biggest thing about that is it stops the clock and Kansas City doesn't have to use a timeout. It just naturally stops the clock. And I mean you just and then you set yourself up in a, a longer third down and now you have to pass because it's like third and six, third and seven. When you're getting four or five yards of pop, just run the ball on first and second down, set you up for third and one, third and two. Then maybe you can play action, sneak it, or at least run the ball again. And you got to Kansas City is using, has to use a timeout and the clock continues to run. But when you pass the ball and they're incomplete, they're natural stoppages. And I mean, that gave Kansas City obviously enough time to come back and win the game. Well said. <laughs> Very well said. I just thought yeah. it. When he should have been passive at the end of the second quarter, he became conservative. And when he should have been conservative in the fourth quarter, he became passive. You mean me? Those are the, those are the, the same things. thing. What? Conservative and passive have are the you, same uh, thing. Have you read a dictionary Okay, pass, I mean passive, passing. Aggressive. Passing, yeah. yeah. Say aggressive. Just say so conservative aggressive. aggressive. He became. He was passive at the end of the second quarter. Just there use conservative and aggressive. Okay. He was conservative at the end of the second quarter when he should have been aggressive. And he was aggressive in the fourth quarter when he should have been conservative. Thank you. Yeah, and no, for no. that, he deserves Still an in F. school, guys. He deserves an F for that. It was just the moment was too big for him. I, that's pretty obvious. I think Jimmy G at least is like a C because of what he did in the, in the first three. He, didn't, he made one bad throw yep. the entire first three quarters. And that was a terrible granted, throw. Granted, most of the throws were, you know, Screen passes, just quick two-step, three-step drop, get it out. But he didn't make any mistakes, upside from that INT, and then the fourth quarter happened. So yeah. I'm going to give him, a, like, a C for that. Yeah, I'd give, him, I'd give Jimmy G a uh, – man, I want to give him a B-, minus, but I'd give him, give him a C-plus because it's the fourth quarter. But the first two quarters, it was – it was a B plus A minus. The first three quarters, was B plus A minus. I mean, he did exactly what the 49ers needed him to do to win the game, which is what they what he did all year. And then the fourth quarter happened. He didn't make it. Right. Bare, barely any plays. I yeah, I'd say like a C C plus as well. And what surprises me too is like I know he hasn't been a starter, you know, for like too too long, but he's had a great record as a starter. He came up in a system that really was grooming him to be the next guy under Brady with Belichick. He was under that system. You would think that maybe he would have been a bit more poised than um, Mahomes. I I thought Garoppolo just looked more immature as a quarterback and his age than he would normally let on. Because, I mean, he's, he's like 27, almost 28 now yeah, at least. He's 28. So, I mean... I, I think his experience didn't really show. I know, obviously, it's his first playoff run, but he just looked a bit more immature um, as a football player than I would have thought on that stage. It kind of stood out to me. The image of when he's getting sacked at, in the second quarter and throwing that pick, oh, <laughs> his eyes are just closed and the ball's still yeah. in his hand. And somebody memed it and goes, Debo Samuel, somewhere down there, please. <laughs> and that wasn't literally. the only time. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Whenever he faced pressure, it almost seemed like he literally crapped himself. Yeah. And, like, just 
closed his eyes, said a prayer, and just hucked up one and hoped yeah. for the best. Yeah. And maybe it's just because we're hypersensitive about it because it's the Super Bowl, but I don't know if that was a season-long thing where whenever he was in being pressured like that, he just looked like that but man that it wasn't just like one time he got hit and while he was being hit he threw with his eyes closed like that happened multiple times and that is a little bit of a concern because as a quarterback and not just any quarterback a 27 million dollar quarterback you gotta have some like you said Dan, you gotta have some sort of poise yeah. in the pocket to stand in and make those throws and not just eh. yeah one more time no no i i wonder too um you know, was he facing more pressure than he normally would have, you know, coming off of that torn ACL? I don't know if his mobility is, you know, how much it's, like, limited compared to what it used to be. But I mean, it's been a full year and a half now. I yeah. would assume it's got to be back to normal. And he played the entire season, and there wasn't, like, reports about right. it. Right. You'd like to think he was fine. I mean, he wasn't, like, scrambling out of the pocket, but he did have a couple of times where he had to – Sort of skedaddle. Yeah. But. Yeah. I don't mean that he's like hurt or anything, or maybe if it just like took like a quarter step off of him. I have no idea, but just a thought. Cause I mean, he's a pretty athletic guy, and, you know, it just seemed like he just got caught so many times with, you know, his head on a swivel, off the back foot, doesn't get his feet set, eyes closed. I mean, that's just, that's not good. And the defense didn't have their brightest day either. So, I mean, Overall, they just did not play how they really shown how they could play wire to wire. Pretty much the best team in the NFC, just wire to wire in the regular season. And yeah, they just, it, it was not either team's day, but it was more so Casey's day. You know, they just, again, they were able to stick it out in the end. And if Jimmy G just made that, mm, you just hit Manny Sanders, man, yeah. just stick that. He threw it way too soon. Just as simple as one team was ready and able to handle the moment, and one team was not. And that's simply what it came down to. Do you think, uh, I mean, do we want to give our super, super, super early predictions on who we think might be back next year? Oh, jeez. Like, I'm, I'm saying, like, these aren't even, like, on the board. This is just, like, your... You're saying Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, I... Because obviously this will change, obviously, after free agency, uh, the draft. Oh, yeah. If history is any indication, uh, I'm pretty sure the Falcons dropped off severely after their 28-3 collapse under Shanahan. Mm -hmm. So... Ryan back on the Niners hate train. Rams were nowhere to be found this year, either. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Niners are probably not going to be able to get back. But can KC get back? That's gonna be so. that's gonna be really tough because I mean their offense has been lights out for some time now, but it's always been a matter of can the defense step up and sort of close it down and make plays when they need to because you know Mahomes is gonna get his. And in the Super Bowl, they got some key stops and made some plays when they needed to. And I don't know if they're gonna be able to do that again. So if if we're if we're guessing on whether these two teams can make it back. I obviously think Kansas City has a better shot of getting back and repeating, but I don't think we'll see either of them back in the Super Bowl next year. I don't either. Um, I mean, AFC-wise, you got guys like Lamar and Deshaun Watson that 
are going to get their chances in the Super Bowl eventually. And, you know, Joe Burrow coming out, he's probably Bengals, <laughs> probably dies. right straight to the Super Bowl. Well, Deshaun uh, will never get his chance as long as Bill O'Brien is there. And the GM. And now, he's, he's, now, he, now, oh, now he's officially the now GM. Now he's the GM on top of coaching. Just great. Hey, at least they don't get uh, Casario. So. Yeah. yeah. But then the NFC, NFC's really stacked too, man. I mean, you got Breeze and the Vikings are good and, there's a lot of good teams on both sides. And hawks, hawks, football, hawks. it's so hard to repeat. Um, this is why it's so, it's so impressive what the Pats have done. So if I had to put money on it, I'd say neither team makes it back. Yeah. yeah I I yeah. also really – I would definitely agree with you, Ryan, that the 49ers are less likely than Kansas City to make it back. I would take Kansas City's chance to get back to the Super Bowl a little bit better. But I really like – the Seahawks next year out of the NFC. Um, Russell Wilson, there was a report that came out a few weeks ago uh, after the Seahawks lost at Green Bay, and it was basically Russell Wilson was like, I want the team to spend money this offseason on weapons. I guess they're open. they have some good cap space this uh, offseason coming up, so I expect uh, Seattle to revamp their offense a little bit, and their defense is still going to be... Oh, man, if they go get Hunter Henry... Yeah, Oof. and if they sign A.J. Green. Or too. Hooper. Yeah. And pair him with Decaf, Metcalf, yeah. that young stud. Um, they got they got some good pieces. Still got Lockett. Yeah. Chris, got, Carson Chris Carson will be coming back. Yeah. Rashad, Rashad Penny, Penny baby. <laughs> the GOAT. It's finally his time. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they... Sign Kalen Balazs, too. Why yeah, not? Fendi. I think they got a real, they got a real <laughs> chance. Um, you know, you're talking about a quarterback that's really in his prime right now in Russell Wilson. Um, you know, came second, um, second place for the MVP, stuff like that. But I like, I like Seattle. And then in the AFC, man, if Tim Brady was going to the Chargers, I would really like them coming out of the AFC. But what they just ex- no, like, like actually, you you serious? If Brady went there, yeah, yeah, you're like, a, you're like, a, you're not trolling right now. No, but wow. then I let me. That is but awful. Call. The fact that they <laughs> just re-signed Anthony Lynn to an extension. Um, it means to me that like it's going to be tough, harder for them to get Brady there. Um, Why? Because he'll have no influence on the coaching staff. Yeah. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about that, you know, later in the following weeks and probably today too. But the AFC, if Brady comes back to New England, they revamp the offense. I mean, I still think they're the favorite, but they got to add. So like, if I was to go pre-free agency, I would say Kansas City. And Seattle. Um, those would be my picks right now. Yeah, I agree with the Seattle pick. Um, you know, I think they had a pretty good year overall. You know, some things didn't break for them, but uh, I think Wilson is kind of due to get back in that spot. And uh, the defense is coming back to form. And again, if they can add anything offensively, I mean, forget it. Uh, Wilson. You know, he's not slowing down anytime soon. Like you said, he's in his prime. And then in the AFC, I think the Chiefs, you know, have a great shot at getting back there, barring what the Pats do. I think they'll be in contention. But I do think that it's going to be the Ravens. Uh, I think Lamar's going to kind of just keep on, you know, his pace from what he had this year. I don't know if he'll be MVP again, but he's on that Mahomes sort of trajectory second year mvp third year you know who knows at least knocking on the door i think it'll be like a chiefs 
will be a, a Ravens-Pats AFC title game or a Ravens-Chiefs. That's how I see it. But, yeah, uh, either way, if the Patriots do keep Brady, I know we will touch on that. I think they'll they'll be right there because I don't think he comes back without them promising or at least making a true effort to add, you know, around him. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's kinda that's kinda how I feel. I think the Seahawks are due to get back. You know Green Bay's not getting back there. They're frauds. So <laughs> Saints Saints are frauds too. I'm sorry. That's cap. That, I agree with that. New Orleans is frauds, yeah. That's cap. I love Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is toast. Um I'll say in the slowest moving Super Bowl ever, the Ravens and the Vikings will both run the ball 60 times apiece <laughs> and score like 20 points. Wow. Big Kirk Cousins guy. I uh, he's good, man. He, I don't know. You man. like that? They got two good. They got two <laughs> really good wide receivers, and the Dalvin Cook and Madison. They can run the ball. You saw what the 49ers did. A lot of running. Don't put too much pressure on them. They got more weapons than the 49ers do, too. I don't know. That's fair. NFC is so I, – I feel like it's so wide open. They have great parity yeah. in the NFC. They, I mean, you've, they've, you've had it for years now. It's basically since this Seattle went to back-to-back, yeah. you have a different team. Basically not, not just, like, you know, come out of, like, a contender, but, I mean, come out of nowhere. Right, like the 49ers. Like, yeah, and even yeah. the Rams the year before yeah. that, they were okay, and then – the Falcons and the Eagles, like they just they have like one year and it's very good parody in yeah. the NFC. AFC, I feel like there's like there's three teams: Pats, Chiefs, and Ravens that yeah. could realistically make it. The Texans, as good as Deshaun Watson is, and their team, it's Bill O'Brien is just too much to overcome. Younger, yeah. younger Andy Reid. And yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that we all agree that the Titans. That was a little bit of ball magic. They're probably not. Yeah. Doing that again. No. It would be bad. Is, I mean, is Tannehill even going to be there? I think, they're gonna, I think they got franchise. If it's back to Mariota, then they're screwed. I don't think they'll be terrible, but if they do have Tannehill, yeah. I think Tannehill has come out and said he's not going anywhere. So oh. I think he is sticking around there. It's just whether or not the Titans are willing to pay him what he wants. Isn't Henry a free agent? Yep. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So no. They'll have to pay up some, some dudes. but yeah. One of those guys is going to get franchised and... Mm-hmm. One of them is probably going to get signed the way from what I've heard. Yeah, no. So they they could bring back what they had and try and run it back. Maybe add a piece or two on defense. I mean, they've been able to draft wide receivers. Uh, who knows if Delaney Walker couldn't hang in there? But they have Jonu Smith. Yeah, he's yeah. good. So they seem to have the weapons on offense. Uh, if they can get more consistent quarterback play uh, in the in the playoffs. Because uh, Tannehill was pretty good in the regular season. You, yeah. you were harping how he was top five in yeah, fantasy all, was. for a good portion of the season. Uh, so if they can just find a, that magic again and, and get Tannehill to make some more plays in the postseason, maybe shore up the defense a little bit, I mean, that's not a team that I would just th- throw away and say, oh, this was a complete fluke. Like, I'm not saying they're upper echelon with the three teams you mentioned, Zach, uh, but... They're definitely tier two, I think. You have to at least put them in tier two right now, going into next season. They're the favorites to win their division, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, if you're asking me for two specific teams, because it's super early, I'll just take a stab at it and say, I don't know, Titans <laughs> and just because we just mentioned them. Uh, and... Uh, 
Uh, how about them Cowboys? Oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. From the rooftop. Whoa. From the rooftop. America's team. True. Uh, I mean, because honestly, not not to get into a whole Cowboys thing, but God, if they don't put it together in the next, like, I don't know, year, like, what is wrong with that? They got a new coach. I, Dude, I... Uh, I don't, there's... A coach is not going to make a difference for them. I... I I'm sorry. You have all the offense has all the weapons in the world. The defense is okay. That that team should not be going eight and eight. That offense is loaded. <laughs> There's no way that team should be going eight and eight. They no. should be going eleven and five, winning the division handily. Their least, division is trash. They always have problems with their it, division. Though. Is I don't so understand. Bad. Like the Eagles were bad. The Giants were bad. The Redskins were like so freaking bad. The Eagles were <laughs> half their team fell to the injury <laughs> bug, and they still went nine and seven and won the division. Yeah. How do you, if you're the Cowboys, how in the world do you let that happen? Because you're the Dallas Cowboys of the modern era, and that's what they've been. So that's why I'm. If you're gonna ask me for an early, 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 early Super Bowl favorite, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and say the Cowboys figure it out, and the the Titans figure out that one missing piece. I mean, we saw Mike Vrabel knows how to coach. Oh yeah, he he's gonna get his at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's next year, but at some point, he will win a Super Bowl. Huge football guy, huge football guy, Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah, so. I think that just about does it for our Super Bowl rambling here. Um, still a good one. Yeah, like, could it have been better? Could the hype have been better? Sure. But end of the day, got a solid game. Got a pretty solid halftime show. Yeah, the halftime, the halftime show was halftime great. Show was awesome. They, I'll say this, they, with, like, the whole Jay-Z partnership and everything with Rock Nation, I don't know how they are able to do as much as they do in that 18-minute, like, gap with all the the dancing and you bringing out all these different people and the pace changing and then clean up, all of that. Like, I don't know how. It must be just down to a science at at this rate. It is absurd. How how in the world (laughs) J-Lo changed from that black little thing she was wearing to, like, the sparkly thing? Yeah. why? Crazy. She like went into a crowd of people, comes out 20 seconds later with a whole new outfit. I mean, no it, was, wall- it was obviously like under, but yeah. Still. That's no still- wardrobe, man. Malfunction. That's A yep, plus on her end. Yeah. Well, on her end, I guess. Oh, so Shakira or J-Lo? Oh. oh. Who's your favorite? Shakira. Shakira. Wow. Okay. J-Lo. J-Lo. J-Lo is like the like the common like you know, everyone stands local pick. But That's fair. Shakira was better. I mean, they're both icons. J-Lo might be better overall, but on Sunday, Shakira was better. I mean, when you get Hips Don't Lie, that's a great song. That's a great song. Yeah. Also, no, really good too. Shakira has, like, three of her older songs on, like, top ten on iTunes right now. Makes sense. Like, just, oh, yeah, let's just go back to this, all these bangers that she put out in the early 2000s. Yeah. And she broke out uh, Try Everything from Zootopia, which was a huge <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. great. <laughs> Love she, that callback. Someone also pointed out she, like, dressed, like, the same, like, color or, like, theme as her Zootopia yeah, character. Yeah, that gazelle yeah. that, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> I've hated A-Rod for a long time, but seeing him, like, fanboy for J-Lo in the, the crowd, like, on the field, that was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, overall, I think they knocked it out of the park. I mean, uh, they usually, like, the past few years overall, it's been pretty good. I mean, it's been, you know, you've had, like, your Lady Gaga, Katy Perry a few years ago. <laughs> that shark. Yeah, left <laughs> shark. Like, it was, I mean, overall, I think th- they do a pretty good job. Um, it's just a matter of, like, who's the act. Like, last year, I didn't love Maroon 5 and Cardi B. Um, Weird combo, man. Yeah. You know, like... I, I respect Maroon 5, but, I mean, like, honestly, I could have done without that performance. This one, though, just impressive. Like, even if you're not a big fan of, like, you know, that music or those hits, just the, the choreography alone was, like, outstanding. Oh, and another one. Super Bowl ads. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Way down. Down. Yeah. I'm done with Way this down. new era. I feel like they're... There hasn't been a year where the ads have hit in a in a while. Years. Since, since the Doritos one, the little the little like baby. This, was that four years ago? I think maybe. Something like all like I that. remember was last year, like the Bud Night was all hyped up. Yeah, and that was trash. Dude, and, like, Charlie Day needs to get off my TV during <laughs> the free. That that was miserable. <laughs> they spent so much money in having him do that, and he was just. Awful! That all all those commercials just were trash. There were so many crossover commercials. Oh my god! Saving money though, because if if you think about it, you know if you're under, under the same umbrella as yeah, like yeah, it was all Procter and Gamble. You know you can cross advertise and then save money instead of having individual ones for each brand. But I'll say this too, and I said it that night on Sunday as well. The only decent to good ones are ones that they leak like a week before the game. Yeah. And you can watch it on YouTube. It's like, oh, look at the Super Bowl. Oh, the post Malone. Yeah. The Ellen one. The Ellen one, the, the Hyundai one uh, oh, the for post, Boston the Accents. Post Malone. The post Which one Malone do you like better? One. The, the, uh, the one in the bar or the one in the <laughs> liquor store? Uh, I store. thought they were both I like really the liquor. good. I like the liquor I store one better. I think I like, I like the bar one. The liquor store. They were both good. I just hate, like, seeing the good ones before. It's like, no, we're supposed to see this organically. Like, they just make it, it's like, it takes the fun out of it, you know? It's like with a, when a movie comes out in the trailer and, like, all the funny parts are in it, and then you go watch the movie and you're just super upset. Oh, yeah, that's always tough. That's how I felt with the Super Bowl commercials. Yeah, I, I don't think it came, I don't know if it came out during the Super Bowl, but the Fast 9 trailer, uh, spoiling that the, what's-his-face is not actually dead. Vin Diesel. No, shut up. You don't even know what you're, I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, the Asian dude. Oh, Han. I don't know his name. Uh, yeah, that he's not actually dead. Yeah, that, that kills me. Yeah, like, what? how do you not save that for the movie? Right. What are you doing? I'm super upset. You don't need that. You don't need to spoil that to get people to watch your movie. You already, you it's already, the ninth movie. John Cena's in it. You're going to get people to come now. You got Dwayne. You got Cena. You got Vin Diesel. You got all these people. Anybody that's watched the other eight is going to go see the ninth one. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you don't need to do that. Stupid. Well, we're talking about commercials. we got to talk about the Brady one. Yes. All right, yeah, that's a great segue. Um, Just to piggyback off that, Sunday morning, Ian Rappaport, I I just love how, like, a lot of, like, the big NFL reporters now, they wait till, like, game day morning to just drop all these, like, borderline bombshell news. Ian Rappaport uh, reports on Sunday morning, that the Patriots would be willing to pay Brady in excess of around $30 million to get up to that high number that we've all been talking about, debating about. And then Adam Schefter comes out uh, not too long after saying that if Brady hits free agency, then the Raiders are going to make a full-court press. So you get those two reports to come out amidst all the Brady drama. And Brady uh, 
before the Super Bowl, tweeted out a picture um, on Twitter and Instagram, and it's just him. Um, he's, like, walking out of the tunnel uh, into Gillette Stadium. It's, like, uh, black and white. It's very cryptic, and, you know, he wouldn't elaborate on it, and then, you know, speculated that it would be a commercial. Like Zach said, it was a commercial. And it's, like, the, the most obvious bait and switch. You know, he's like... You know, I've got an announcement to make. I, you know, I want my fans, everyone, to, you know, hear it from me. I'm paraphrasing. And then he's like, you know, it's a big decision, blah, blah, blah. And then it just turns into a, who has live sports? And it's like, oh, like, what? I was like, I was like, okay, Brady. So to my teammates, my family, and my fans, you deserve to hear this from me. Hulu doesn't just have live sports. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> See, I would have been okay if you want to push anything, Brady, like advertisement-wise, sponsor-wise, fine. But those Hulu has live sports ads have, like, I'm like, really? You're going to do that? Like, that is what you were, like, so cryptic about when we're all freaking out whether you're, you're going to leave or not or stay? I don't know. I do not love that. The Hulu has a live sports curse, Baker. Cursed. True. <laughs> Tom Brady. Saquon. Joel Embiid. Cursed. cursed. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll but see. But it, it didn't surprise me, obviously, that it was an ad. I mean, I well, yeah. I had a feeling when he posted it that he obviously wasn't, you know, going to say anything. But I think it confirmed that people were reading it that he's coming back to the Patriots. That's how I read it. I yep. only, I did not read it that at all. I we only already, read it as he's not retiring. That was it. We already knew he wasn't retiring. Exactly. Yeah. And he just he just confirmed that. Well, my whole thing was is that the at the end we didn't play the whole clip. At the end, he says, "I'm not going anywhere." Anywhere, and as in like I'm not going anywhere. Leaving the he's NFL. To, yeah, he and he's it, but he's in Gillette Stadium. But he's still a member of the Patriots, so that doesn't surprise no, he's me. He's a free agent. He's not a free yet. agent as of March. That doesn't surprise me that yeah. he filmed it at he, Gillette. He is being he still lives smart. Around yeah, here. he is being smart, and he is leaving it up to interpretation with his well. Wife. Yeah, but. I think he's hinting that he's coming back. It's also like I saw like Edelman posted some random picture today. It's like him. It's like with like photoshopped, and it's just like captioned like like please come back, baby, or whatever. Like, and it's just like I don't know with the amount of like activity from Patriots players on Twitter and social media about it. Like it just further hints to me like there's some joking going on. I don't know like if. If he was gone, I feel like they would be reading the tea leaves and they, you know, it wouldn't be sort of like poking around like Sony Michelle, you know, tweeted after that commercial, like, like, you know, you just gave me a heart attack or whatever, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, Sony Michelle needs to learn to start <laughs> reading the hole and stop reading his Twitter timeline. <laughs> it, it was funny when Stidham commented, on, Brady posted that on his Instagram and Stidham commented on it. He's like, Tom, why'd you do that? Or whatever. And people are like, he just took your starting job back from you. Like, shouldn't you want him to leave? Don't you want to be a starter? But my, my thing is, is that, like, this reminds me a lot of last year, too. Like, everyone was like, oh, Gronk, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And they were like, oh, he's definitely coming back. He's definitely coming back. The time kept going, kept going. And everyone was like, I don't know what he's doing, but I think he's coming back. I'm leaning towards he's coming back. And then he didn't. And he was gone, even though people, you know, they thought the general, I feel like the general consensus was that he was coming back. And I feel like, I feel like people are falling into that potential trap again. I don't know. Gronk, to me, you could almost read the tea leaves on the year that he had, how banged up he was. 
it was more, I think, more of a chance of him retiring. You know, you knew he wasn't going to play anywhere else. They had his rights. They still do. So it was a matter of, if, is he going to keep playing? And, like, if you know, just watching that season, you could tell he was not the same player. You know, he was a shell of himself. So I, I don't know. I think the Gronk one is a bit of a different comparison to the Brady, you know, scenario here, where it's like he's either going to stay or he's going to go play for someone else, which I still think, I you know, at this point – I'm pretty dug in on the take that he's he's staying. I just do not see him uprooting new system, new coach, new receivers, learn, you know, new new playbook, like new offense. No way, dude. It's just it's not happening. I, I just do not see it happening. Yeah, I think we did our percentages last week. Yep. I'm at like 92% that he's staying. Yeah, I, it's only gone up for me. I will here. I will admit that I, over the last like two weeks, I've moved closer to the point that he's coming back, but I would still put it at like fifty-five, forty-five. I I didn't really get anything out of the commercial. I read more from what I've seen around the NFL, like what I mentioned earlier about Anthony Lynn re-upping with the Chargers and stuff like that. And that report coming out that they're going to offer him thirty million. That they're at least willing. Not that I know if that. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, well, that could have came from the Brady camp, and just they just said that. You know, but um, I have moved a little bit towards he's coming back, more to do with what's happened around the league as opposed to, you know, a commercial and whatnot. Well, that report coming out really puts everything on Brady now. Yep. It, if they're willing to pay him $30 million and he doesn't want to come back, then he just he's going ring chasing. Right. So. Yeah, and also, too, maybe it's part of it, and I've heard this elsewhere, but maybe part of it is that he wants – he wants to at least hear or see that they are willing to extend. Like, you know, I want to be, I want to be wanted. You know, like I want to feel wanted by the team I've played for for all these years or whatever. And if they're putting out that they're willing to pay him thirty around there, maybe he goes, "All right, I love that. Thank you for the respect, but maybe we'll take a little less so you can maybe try to help me out here." I think yeah, that's possible. I, mean, I don't. I don't think it's in his best interest to take $30 million. No. Um, I mean, maybe for his bank account, but as we said, he's not even the breadwinner in his family. So as far as football-wise, it's not in his best interest for them to pay him $30-plus million and have less money to go spend elsewhere. But, man, I mean, we'll see. we still got two months, whatever, until March. Oh, so. yeah. This is, this is just going to keep on, keep on going, but it's good to at least see reporting being done like if we were just radio silent like Rappaport didn't have anything Schefter didn't have anything to add until like mid-March oh that would be horrible but at least we're getting some sort of leakage of information yeah I feel like it'll be a slow obviously nothing's gonna come out until like March but I think you'll see like a report or two probably come out like a week probably from both sides getting leaked whatnot whatnot but yeah I don't expect anything anytime soon that's for sure but, like, also, too, I mean, if you're the Patriots, it is in your best interest to extend, to do wh- whatever it takes. Because, honestly, what else is out there? If they really believed that Stidham was ready or he was in that Garoppolo phase when they had him, I don't think they, you know, they'd be more apt to be like, all right, Tom, you know, you want to go do your thing elsewhere? You know, we got our guy. I think they do not feel that way about him, at least yet. And what else do you have out there? 
Oh, who was on the Gardner Minshew train? Oh, was that Dan Roach? Hart? Our friend Worst, Dan Roach, awful yes. Take. Worst take ever. He's like, oh, <laughs> trade a third-round pick for Gardner Minshew, and he can start till Stidham's ready. Yeah, you don't no trade way. Trade for two young guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a competition. Like you don't garbage. you don't start a young guy to wait for the other young guy. And, you can go, go side Brian Hoyer if you yeah. want to do that. He'd probably, he'd probably put up the same numbers as Minshew. Yeah. I'm all for drafting another guy this year too. You know, if if you if they like someone, you know, just take whatever, however many shots you have to take at it. But you know, they don't have a plan B right now. It's Brady or it's almost like tank, tank or. Maybe finish eight and eight with a Andy Dalton. Take your pick. I'm sorry. I mean, what, did you, what did you say? Did you say Patriots tank? Uh, well, not by their own volition. Like if they don't, if they don't bring back Brady, they're winning like eight games max. Maybe you not. You don't think they can win ten games in the AFC East? Uh, they got a tough. Uh, they they got a tough no. schedule next year. I I so yeah. with with the whole 08 Matt do. Castle that whole this comp, year their schedule is garbage. They were yeah, coming I off. Found that out. The 11 and 5 year with Matt Castle. They were coming off a perfect season with a stacked roster. This is not that roster or that team. So, but you get this the defense Dolphins, is better. You get the Dolphins yeah. and the Jets twice. That's at least 3 wins right there. Yeah, pa- I mean max max 3 wins cuz they always lose one of the Dolphins. You have to split versus the Dolphins. Yeah. It's Buffalo's going to be good next year though. I still think Josh Allen blows, but Buffalo is going to be good. It's a hard I don't sell, think he though. Blows. I, he's just he's not in the Tannehill category. Yeah, he can use his legs, and he can he can make some downfield bomb plays. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, he's not good at the short to intermediate just range. When yet. you put pressure on him, he crumbles. Yeah, he's a snowflake. But also, the Pats won their division, so they're going to have a tougher schedule in general outside of the AFC East. So yeah, they did but, this year too. But yeah, but, they, I, but I'm saying they if they don't have Brady, <laughs> but when they went six every year, <laughs> when they're undefeated, but dude, obviously they had on. the same thing. You missed the year. point though. I'm saying no Brady. Yeah, they I, had no Brady that year too. But they, I know they still had. A crazy I understand what you're saying, Dan. That team was loaded. Like it is just. I think it's a tough comparison. And if you don't have Brady, like I'm sorry. Yes, I trust the system. I trust Belichick, but I I don't. Don't think you can just lock it in like they're gonna clean up on the AFC East without Tom Brady as their quarterback next year, because Bills have at least gotten better. They have a legit defense. That's just gotta be. We just got a thing on the computer that's oh, like yeah. the weekly. Sorry, alert. we just got a weekly alert uh, testing the emergency system. So that was fun. Just had a mini heart attack. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, I just think without Brady. On this Patriots team, you're not going to just be able to, you know, lock in a certain amount of wins because you just have that faith. Well, um, this comes down to the quintessential question. Is it more Brady or Belichick? I think mm, that's a good question. As we ponder and sit here while the alarm continues <laughs> to go off. <laughs> like a tornado siren, big weather guy, right? Fendi. Oh, big weather guy. <laughs> Dude, you know, that's why I'm not really trying to say anything here. What are guys doing? I'll say this real quick before you go, Ryan. In the first half of this dynasty, it was more Belichick than Brady. In the second half, as the league has become more quarterback friendly and more of a passing league, it's more so Brady. Not by a huge uh, margin, but it's more so Brady because I, of that. I think the system is more important. I, I think that the foundation that Belichick has laid... I mean, how many – yes, you, you can see that there are other budding pretty good organizations around the league, the Harbaugh's, 
Uh, I mean, well, John Harbark specifically. Um, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has has a great one down Andy there. Andy Reid now, obviously. Andy Reid's. I don't know. They got a bunch of felons on their team. But Tom, was, got Tom team. was a good team. No, he's saying culture. Good like coach. Oh, culture? Oh, well. I'm just thinking just win, baby. Yeah. I'm just talking about winning. Like the foundation oh. of like a winning or like a winning culture. Like a lot of like organizations just are like you get the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Jets are just like ah the Lions w- they stink. W- w- you know, six and ten is cool, man. I'm okay with that. And it, it, New England, that is unacceptable condition. That is just not okay. And if it and that just isn't in any condition, it is not allowed in New England anymore. Like it, it's going to take like a sort of like with the Red Sox are doing where they win a championship and then they just fall out they just are nowhere near that same level of play the next year. It would take something like that for us to really sort of ratchet down our expectations for the Patriots. And I think that's because of Bill Belichick's system and what he's got in place. It's definitely legit. Yeah, I'm not like the system for sure is huge. I just think that you know, next year, all right, we'll just try to make it simple. You have either Brady on that team, and uh, you're a Super Bowl contender. We we know that. You don't have Brady. You have veteran QB X, or you have project quarterback Y, say Stidham, or you have just a solid veteran. I think that you could make the playoffs, but are you a Super Bowl contender? Not in my mind. Are you a Super Bowl contender with Brady? Right. Yes. Yes. If no. you revamp the you offense, can't say I think that. Right. you right. can't say I'd that. I'd say the chances they of... They lost in the wild card round for with the, him. For the first time in a decade. So what makes you're, you think anything is going to change next you're, year? You're putting this past season on him? I didn't say it was no, on him. No, we're not saying that. No, I know, but... I, but we're saying the team, I think the team as currently constructed... It's not a Super Bowl contender. It's not a Super Bowl contender. You can't say they are our top... They are a Super Bowl contender just because they re-signed Tom Brady, Dan. Yeah. You can't say that. Okay, but if they don't bring him back, they are far worse off. Okay, but I, that's... It depends. I, I don't I don't. But it also depends I, I if totally he comes agree. back, I don't, too. I don't totally agree that they're way worse off. Yeah. If, I mean, if you go sign... Say you get Jake Fromm in the first round from Georgia, the quarterback, mm-hmm. and then you're able to go sign Austin Hooper and A.J. Green, and you got this, this team... I mean, does that team have a better shot to make a Super Bowl? Possibly. Then just bring Brady back, yeah. and then you don't have money to get other other people. But we don't know. So like that's the thing too is like that's the variable is like we don't exactly know how much cap room they're going to have, what number they're going to bring Brady back if they do. And that's right. our point, Dan. Yeah. Okay. You can't definitively say just because they but re-signed Tom Brady, they are absolutely Super Bowl contenders. Okay, but it's the same thing. Like yeah, if you add AJ Green, if you add Austin Hooper, you know we're having the same type of. Yeah, they're all what ifs. Yes, well, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm so you can't say definitive. Yeah. I, don't, I, bring, don't invoke defi- absolute. I just think it's you are more likely to be a contender with him. I don't agree with that. I uh, don't necessarily agree with that's that. That's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. I just think that he's still at a level that, you know, he's good enough and he's not f- too far removed from his uh, MVP year. I don't disagree with that. And I still think that if they're able to bring him back at a number, where they have enough flexibility, where they can add a piece or two to help them out. That's the thing. I just don't know if they're going to be able to bring in any serious pieces 
with re-signing Brady for what he allegedly wants. Mm-hmm. If you if he comes down to the hometown discount that he's been doing seemingly every year for us, then yeah, then the conversation starts. Okay, maybe now we've got some something and we can get a wep- a serious weapon. Probably not two, but you can probably get serious a serious weapon that one of those that Zach has mentioned. But uh, if he if you resign him and it's 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 a it's a big hit. I don't think you're gonna have you're either gonna lose pieces on the defensive end, mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball, or you're just not gonna be able to bring in any weapons whatsoever, add anything to the offense, and then you're just <clears throat> running it back from last year. And where did that get you? I almost think that like he clearly did not have a good time this year. No, His tone was down. The only time he was he ever seemed happy was when they had Antonio Brown for that short time. And he was even quoted telling Kraft, I remember, it was reported, uh, he was like, I'm a thousand percent in, I'm a million percent in. Like, he was so yeah, bought in. Yeah, he the guy into his house. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying is, like, I think Brady Don't probably understands that he's going to, it's going to be last year all over again if he comes to that table and says, 30 million or bust. And I know we can only go by from what we've heard, and that is what we've heard, is that that is what he wants. We also know that he wants help around him. He wants weapons around him as well. So ultimately, it's on Brady. It's it's on him. If if he wants to run, you know, last year back and be a wild card team and probably lose in the wild card round, then take your thirty million and go. If the Patriots are going to do that for you, but I think that he probably sees it how we see it too. Is that if he takes the most he can get, it's going to be last year, if not worse. And does he want to really do that? No, I don't think we'd be sitting here having this conversation if he didn't, you know, have that kind of mentality of like, I need better stuff around me. I'm going to flirt with free agency. I'm going to do whatever. So it's it's ultimately on him. No matter what happens, I think if the Patriots are willing to go that far, it's on him to either say, okay, we'll do it and good luck with the cap or whatever. Or, all right, thank you for the respect. I appreciate you saying, you know, you're willing to go to this level for me, but let's meet in the middle again. I'll take this, whatever. Go help me out. That's all what ifs, all speculation, but I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't think he's, I think he's smart enough to realize that he will screw himself if he takes that high number with us. So it's just all a matter of how it plays out. And yeah, if he takes the hometown deal, could they be. Contenders, absolutely. To what you said, Zach, that scenario, I didn't really see it that way. But you're right, too. I mean, we've seen young guys excel. I mean, we've seen a lot of young players at a lot of other positions excel um, in their first year or two in this league. So definitely possible. And either side, you know, either flip of the coin, we could be seeing a new era of this dynasty, this team, or we could seeing the final the true final stages because if they do bring him back i think that's it i think he's done after that deal is over say it's like a two three year deal whatever it is i think if they do bring him back it's like all right we're riding this out yeah but yeah that's 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 pretty tough i i completely agree it's it's tough too because it's like i don't want to see him go none of you guys want to see him go if if you can have an ideal but like, I mean, if you have it ideally, and Tom Brady is a Patriot for life, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's what we'd all prefer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of how you can make it happen. Yeah. How do you make it happen where you're not putting the rest of the team at worse position? Right. So. And Bill won't do that. No. Because that's his system and that's what he's always done. So that's why I'm hoping and praying Brady just acquiesces at some point. That's and, a big word. And says, Thank you. Thank you for the offer, but let's let's uh save some money here. Can you so, spell that? Acquiesce. Yeah. Pretty sure it's like A Q You're wrong. A C Q. Yeah, that sounds All right. right. A C Q got him. <laughs> U E. The the buzzer already hit, buddy. Yeah, you're wrong. It's you, all right. You, you, you got wrong. it. That's fine. I you spell it. Ryan, Ryan, I think you spell it. There's an I after the U. You spell it, Ryan. What? You spell it. A C Q U I. I should probably look it up. Yes. T. T. A- no, there's no T in there. At least Acquies. I got like five letters in, bro. Ac- it's still, definitely a still buzzer y. hit. It's definitely like Acqui. Yeah. And then like E S C E. Yep. Oh, I got it right. So what was that? Three letters off? Well there's definitely no T. Okay. C Q U I E S C E. Lightning. Big English. Lightning guy. stuff. Yeah, I was two letters off. Better so seven letters off. Talking about acquiescing. Uh Mookie Betts and the Red Sox. If you want to jump into this, we have developing Can't news on that. Seen. Huh? What are you talking about? Developing like now? No, I'm no. just saying it, from the oh. last time we spoke. <laughs> Bro, you uh, do not tease the viewers like that. Well, from the viewers' perspective, the last time we spoke about it, there has been more that's come about. Um, well, well, and, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be listening to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, Mookie has, from what's been reported, he made a counteroffer to the Red Sox's like 10 for 300. Yep. And we may have touched on it last week, but I think the sheer counteroffer, what was it, 12 for 420? Yep. So he, like, a little bit under Mike Trout. 10 million under Mike Trout. 10 million under Mike Trout. Total. Total. All right. So ultimately, that's probably the most, or that's the closest we've gotten, at least from what we've heard, to them meeting somewhere at some point. Like, I have never heard of a counteroffer from Mookie or a hard number from his camp. But if you're the Red Sox, is that a number that you're willing to go to to keep him? Or is the trade still, is 12 for 420 too much? I mean, I think the length is more the issue, but. Uh, I think it, it's definitely high. Um, that means you're paying a 40-year-old guy, what is that, 37 million or whatever At it is. At that point, yeah. <laughs> That's a. Small guy, too, that could break down. 5'9". Yeah, and we've already seen that with Pedroia, how well that turned out. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't. It, it's like the Brady thing. You don't want to see Mookie Betts go. He's one of the best players in the league. But, I mean, if they're offering him somewhere north of um, what Bryce Harper got, but it's not $400 million and he doesn't want to take it. I mean, if 10 for 300 is their final offer... I don't blame him for wanting to go elsewhere because he's yeah. leaving $75, 100000000 on the table. And they've battling you year after year for pennies on the dollar, arbitration-wise. I, I don't think that's that big of a deal because, I mean, that's part of the that's yeah. part of baseball, and they all know it's a business. Yeah. So, I mean... You don't think that was taken personally at all? No, I mean, you're trying to get... 
as a team, you're trying to have as much flexibility as you can and as the players are trying to get the most money that they can. And I think you just, once you're in the bigs and you're making millions of dollars, I think these guys realize that it's just part of the business and stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the offer that the Mookie Betts camp has sent out there of the um, how much he wants, I think that's like a a ploy to be like, because he knows that the Red Sox like aren't going to offer him that, and that's basically saying like, look at me, like I would have came back if they offered me this. When in reality, it's like it's like a fake offer because he knows they're never going to give that to him. So it's like an out for him because he wants to leave the Red Sox, but he can still say, you know what, I would have came back because I like Boston for this, but they didn't want to, so now I'm gone. Uh, yeah, it's possible, I guess. But if they, it, at the same time, like if that was a real counteroffer, what if the Red Sox were just like, okay. I mean, obviously they never would, especially under this new regime, but. Well, if they were like, okay, then, I mean, he'll sign it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I just don't think, like, in his his agent knows that they they're do. not going to offer him that, yeah. you know? I just wonder what the ripple effect is. Obviously, we've heard rumors about price being moved as well. That would be awesome. Yeah, but I, mean, I heard that out, the... Please trade sale. I, wants I heard the Dodgers want the Sox to pay off some of Price's salary, if that's the case, which I would not be a fan of. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is with trading Price is you're not going to get as good of a prospect, like a a deal back from the Dodgers uh, if that is the team because I mean who wants this old guy who can barely pitch anymore like at that number at that number so I mean you're just going to get a way less <laughs> put your hands down you're going to get a way less good package from the Dodgers <laughs> oh, if you have to include Price at least he'll be pitching yeah. in September and August debatable yeah, yeah very debatable April I don't even think sales probably going to start on the I.O. He's probably going to throw Good, start throw on the I.O. and then come back in the, sp- in the summer. Oh, and yeah, then pitch. <laughs> and come in, yeah uh, so it's Miss April and May and parts of June so that he can make it to the end of September for once in his life. <laughs> Not bad idea, you know. Yeah, let's pay him $150 million to do that. And, I mean... Let's pay him $150 million, yeah. $150 million to make 15 starts a year. I mean, I'd rather his 15 starts than Price's garbage 30. Price was good last year when Price he was healthy. Not good, dude. He was good last He's, year when he, he was healthy. He hasn't been good for a little while. He know. wasn't good for the second half. Like, after he beefed with Eck again, I don't think he won a single game hey, after best, that. Best ability availability. Eh, different sport. <laughs> I mean, Price... <laughs> that is not just a one-sport thing. I, I mean, his abil- but his abilities aren't good enough. He's the, the automatically the second best starter on the team. I still think he's. No. <laughs> I think he, he could still be Tommy best John at some point. Yeah, 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 and Chris Sale's the second best. No, it's not even close. Chris Sale, Chris Sale is done. so much Zach, better than he's David done. Price, he can't pitch. He's he is, done. Oh my god! All right, he's gonna he literally is, probably make like three stars, get elbow inflammation, and get Tommy John in like May. Price is just as likely to me to get Tommy John with that unique elbow of his. That he loves to talk about, you know, I feel like he's just as likely. I mean, fair, but I like I don't want either of them. Like I'm fine with price, but like I don't want to hear like this defense for sale when all you do is rip on price because like sale can't pitch. He literally cannot last a full season ever in his Red Sox tenure. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. 
Yeah. It is. Yeah, I I think that... I but mean, I'll take the chances that he's going to be healthy for the playoffs and be a stud. And we're, well, you won a World Series when he wasn't healthy. Uh, that's he's, not, he he's still was, pitching that the last playoffs. out in the, in okay, the World Series. He pitched the ninth inning. I don't know. I mean, it's not the only thing he won pitched. MVP in yes. that World Series. <laughs> that's wrong. That's not wrong. Price Show won MVP that series. No. Steve Pierce? Yeah. No. Biggest home runs in the series, dude. Nah. All right. I we, mean, we've had this argument many yeah, times, uh, and we will have it many a time. Me and him are just forward. yelling about the same things that we always yell <laughs> yeah. about. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> you always got to reserve about a good five to ten minutes uh, just for that, specifically yeah. if we bring up Red Sox. And we have it, it's the exact same argument every single time. And so. our opinions are never going to change. And they're not going to change until <laughs> this next season starts and then something else happens. Changes. Yeah. <laughs> so, because we've been having this argument now since. October, so yeah, yeah, we need a new manager too. I mean that that's still on the. We docket. need a we need an investigation to be concluded. Yeah. Hey, well, that man, too. What, we need what, two investigations: got, Red Sox and the Patriots. What about yeah. um, <laughs> what about this report? Do you buy anything into this report that like they're gonna have this manager is gonna be like a bridge guy and they're gonna bring Cora back? Well, after? that's what Mike Lowell said is that Lowell he would come do it for a year if he was a bridge guy to get Cora back. Right. Do you believe anything in that or? It just depends on what comes down from the commissioner about Cora. Yeah, I mean, if he has a year, if he has a year, two years suspension, I mean, and he's not on a team, then he's not serving suspension. So he can't even bring him back. Then he's got to wait another year. Well, I I don't think normally I would agree with you, but I think in this situation, nobody's going to bring on AJ Hinch so that he can serve his suspension. So then he'd be in that in that scenario, he'd never return to baseball. Yeah, I don't know how I'm not I So I think I he it's basically got it's it says suspension on the surface, but I think it's realistically the word is banned. So basically AJ Hinch is banned from MLB for a year and then he's free to sign with any team that he wishes for to include his services as managerial. Uh and if Cora if they say he's out for two years, is suspended for two years, and it's essentially he's banned from the league for two years. Mm. Go sit on your couch and do nothing to and be associated with our sport whatsoever. Yeah, mm. yeah. I Cora at least gets one year, minimum. Well, I, yeah, that's def, I think we're definitely in agreement. Seeing how the fallout of what happened, it's just what's what's weird to me. And you know, you, you've seen more Red Sox, like I think Devers, I think Martinez as well have been almost, like, blatantly saying, like, we did not cheat. We did not cheat to win the World Series, blah, blah, blah. And almost trying to, like, I don't know, like, you know, make themselves look innocent, obviously. But if Cora did nothing wrong with the Red Sox, or at least in their eyes, whatever, I mean, if you're playing along with that thing, oh, we didn't cheat, whatever, you know, if if his only infractions were in Houston, obviously I don't believe that. I think he did stuff with us as well. But if the Red Sox believe that they didn't do anything wrong when he was here, then why do they fire him? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Like, but Houston didn't fire Hinch until that initial report came out and that he was going to be banned for a year but and their GM. It also in, implied in that report that Alex Cora was essentially the mastermind yeah. behind it all. So yeah. if, if the people that are just sitting there and just, you know, looking – looking out, you know, just sort of brushing it aside, looking, turning their head to it, get a year for just letting it happen under their watch. 
what do you think the person who actually was hand doing it, inst- instituting it himself, yep. is going to get? But do you think maybe the Red Sox were given a tip, tipped off, like, hey, you might want to do this now? You yeah, I think, it's possible. I, I think it's just John Henry saving face. Yeah, good. Getting it's, it's, ahead it's, of the yeah, problem. Yeah. Trying to save Say, face with the PR. PR yeah. yeah, absolutely. Saying, hey, That's all it was. Yeah. Hey, Manfred, uh, we already fired the... You know the bad guy. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, Please sir. Please, sir. Like my son, he's sick. Only, like, only slap us on the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really just John Henry trying to save face and get ahead of the problem. Yeah. Get, take all the, you know. I mean, clearly, the Red Sox are going to try to pin everything on Cora and use him as a scapegoat to prevent the team itself from being punished. And I think that's at this point. I think it's that's, working. Yeah, at this point, that's probably what he yeah. would. Rather. And from all the reports that have come out, the Red Sox aren't going to be hit all that hard with a punishment. So we'll have to see how that right. goes. Also, one more thing to add there is the whole Chris Young hoopla that happened. I don't know if you saw that, but Peter Gammon said, you know, on a radio show that Chris Young said he brought the Apple Watch stuff to the Red Sox from the Yankees, and that's where he learned it the whole Apple Watch scandal back in 2017. And then, uh, you know, he basically came out and said, I didn't say that. Peter Gammons kind of walked it back saying, oh, if he didn't say it, then blah, blah, blah. Turns out Alex Spear of the Providence Journal, I believe he still writes for them. Uh, Anyways, back in August 2019, um, wrote a story on um, Heath Hembree, and Heath Hembree was quoted as saying, Cy, Chris Young, basically brought that stuff from the Yankees, like reiterating the point that was already made from Peter Gammon's present day. Heath Henry told Alex Spear about this back in August. So two sources right there. I'm going to believe that Chris Young probably learned the Apple Watch stuff from the Yankees. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're Chris Young, why would you come out and say, oh, yeah, Peter's right. I told him that I did that. I don't know. It's 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 a, it, This is just... It's every- just... This is ridiculous. It, just when you think, like, all right, this, all right, this is this is what it is. Yeah, let's just get this punishment out of the way and move on to spring to look forward to spring training, and then you get another layer added this is to just, it. Yeah, this it is just cool. keeps adding and adding. Next thing we know, we're gonna have like half the league being in, uh, implicated for something similar. Yeah, just and then anything. the the league at that point is just gonna be like, all right, all y'all, all thirty two <laughs> of y'all. Investigation. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Marwin Gonzalez, before he was with the Astros, he was with the Yankees, I believe, too, if uh, I'm not mistaken. I thought he was an international free agent. I don't think he played for the Maybe Yankees. it wasn't Marwin, but... Oh, no, it wasn't Marwin. It was Brian McCann. Yeah. Brian McCann did. Came the to the Astros yeah. from the Yankees. Braves legend. I'm just saying. <laughs> all, like, all... People forget. Four of these teams, like the Astros, Yankees, Red Sox 3, sorry, look really, really bad. And shady, and baseball does not need this. We don't need this hanging over the 2020 season. It's the last thing the sport needs. But at the very least, a lot of people are talking baseball these past couple months, you know, rather than you know just ignoring it, which is what usually happens until someone big signs somewhere. Yeah, you are you in the uh, no publicity is bad publicity type of yeah yeah you right you right. (laughs) But, yeah, between Mookie, between Brady, between the sign-stealing and the manager, 
What a whirlwind of a off season, yeah, man. God. Can the Red Sox like? Can they just do something already? Like, oh, like they haven't fi- hired a manager. Can they trade? Can they trade Mookie already? Like it's people been, keep saying, like, oh, they thought it was going to happen today yeah. or yesterday. It's like, when's it going to happen? Like, are they going to trade him? Are they? It seems pretty obvious that they're going to trade him. Yeah. Like, can they just do it already? The, the amount of like, oh, the Mookie Betts trade is impending. It's going to happen. Tweets just keep rolling in, and then nothing happens. It's been impending since like yeah. Thanksgiving. Please. I heard Dale and like Dale and Arnold, whatever today. The guys like, oh yeah, they had a Mookie Betts trade all set in place last week. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm so sick of hearing. It's like yeah. it's like Thursday. They're like the trade's gonna happen on Friday or Saturday. Saturday, the trade's gonna happen on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Sunday, the trade's gonna happen yesterday or today, and then tomorrow they'll be like the trade's gonna happen uh, Thursday or Friday. <laughs> Just say you have no idea when the trade's gonna freaking happen, but they're talking. Right. Oh yeah, I saw. Jeff, Jeff Passan. Uh, oh, this guy. He he quote tweeted someone because, um, like, he kept getting asked about it. And uh, what did he say? He was like, um, I'll report it when it's done. Like, like, calm down, you monsters. Just, like, everybody coming after him, like, oh, like, r- report the trade, report the trade. It will get reported eventually, probably – I don't know if they had, <laughs> don't 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 try to be Jeff Passan and say when it's going to happen. <laughs> no, Dan went from absolute maybe I don't know <laughs> in the in the blink of an eye. Well, there. that's no, impressive. I mean, it it's will impressive. it will get reported, but it was funny on Super Bowl Sunday when the hoopla was coming up about it being reported that like oh it would be peak Red Sox if they dumped it during the Super Bowl like. Oh, my God. I would have been infuriated. Well, you know, it would also be uh, Red Sox. The next best thing would be that would be peak Red Sox is if they dump the news at the heart of the NBA trade deadline. That's to try and steal that thunder. Is that a... Is that, is that, is that some thunder impersonation? No. Is that no, a segue? That was just me dropping my phone. But, no. yeah, if you want it to be a segue, sure can. Yikes. <laughs> So, uh, Ryan, if you want to lead this charge, we have uh, yeah. trade deadline news around the NBA, including we, your Celtics. Our. Our. Our Celtics. Ours. Come on now. Zach Celtics. Well, <laughs> my Celtics I, minus that bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, not a Jalen Brown Jalen Brown. That uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, week. Wait, he was, he was an all-star, right? Because uh, you know he had to be did, on that team. Did the Ra- what position were the Raiders in the playoffs this year? Because uh, you know Jalen Brown is like <laughs> How, automatic all star. We ha- we have automatic three all stars. <laughs> all right, so the NBA trade deadline is coming up this Thursday. It hits at three p.m. Eastern, so all trades have to be filed. Don't have to be official, but they have to be filed by three p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. Uh, just having. The sense of what the standings look like at the present time. Which contenders do you think need to be buyers? Okay, needs to be buyers. The Los Angeles Lakers need to add uh, a guard, a guard help. Um, mm-hmm. Caruso gets a lot of love on Twitter, but he <laughs> low key is trash. Yeah. Uh, Rondo's washed. Avery Bradley's. Bradley's been awful. Yeah. His, his PER is like there's, nine. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter about um, Derrick Rose getting traded to the Lakers, um, which would be a really good fit for them. Derrick Rose is having a re- pretty good year this year in Detroit. Obviously, Detroit's going nowhere. Um, so I do think the Lakers have to add. The Celtics have to add, but I don't think it 
I don't think it has to be a big man. I don't expect them to go and trade for a big man. I know the Capella rumors came out mm-hmm. yesterday um, and whatnot. Obviously, Drummond was floated a couple weeks ago. That most likely isn't even going to come close to happening. Um, as I mentioned a few shows ago, I expect them to add something, whether it's on Thursday, maybe. But like I said before, I expect them to be active in the buyout market at the end of the month beginning of March, I expect that to be when they add some talent. But I really do think that they should try to add a score off the bench. I've fallen in love with them adding um, Alec Burks from the Golden State Warriors. That's That would be my number one. I would say you can move that. Um, they have three first-round picks this year. Mm-hmm. So just move Milwaukee's, that Milwaukee first-round pick. Which is going to be. Which is going to be 30. It's going to be third because the because the NBA actually doesn't go by um, who wins the championship for their draft order. They go by um, the regular the regular season order, and the Bucks are going to finish with the best record in the NBA this year. So that pick is literally going to be thirty. I think the Warriors would take that end of first round pick absolutely for an Alex Burks who's on an expiring deal, who is averaging like fourteen points a game this year. Obviously on a trash team, but he comes in right now. And he probably, you know, they need bench help. They've been playing. You, they need. They have enough defenders off the bench in Semi, Grant, Smart, but they don't have much scoring. I mean, Semi is so limited offensively. Grant Williams is so limited offensively, although he's shown some few flashes. They can offset the defensive liabilities, you know, of a of a um, of an Alex Burks with the the defensive wings they have, but they just need some offense. It's why they've been playing like Carson Edwards and stuff, even though he's so bad. Like they just they need help. Their bench is atrocious scoring the ball from time to time. Do you know how much Alex Burke is Alec Burks is making? Uh, I I haven't looked it at it in a while, but I don't. Uh, I did look at it. I think it's it's kind of like up there. It's. I don't think it's a mid-level exception type of deal like right. Cantor. I think it's like 10 or 11. So the Celtics are going to have to match the money on that. Right. Hopefully with that you can find a third team to kind of help you out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, you know, if the Celtics have to send a protected, you know, second-round pick and stuff like that. I'll, I'll look up uh, Alex Burke's yeah. salary right now. So while you do that, some other teams that probably should be buying uh, at the deadline, the Clippers – Pretty much the same as you mentioned for the, the Lakers. They'll they'll take any sort of bench help, veterans with playoff oh, experience. Ryan, Ryan, Alex Burks, Alec Burks, Alec Burks signed a one-year, two-point-three million-dollar contract with oh, the Golden wow. State Warriors. Okay, That's nothing. I was very wrong about that. So yeah, you could probably just send uh, one of your like cheap bench guys, yeah, like can, Poirier or something. Yeah, like that. or even Carson Edwards. Yeah. you could send Carson Edwards because you know he's got some upside, but I think he stinks. Um, yeah, that that didn't, we hyped him up, and he's yeah. not producing. Yeah. It, maybe it's too soon to judge, but right now it's not looking good. Right. What's my boy Grant Williams doing? He's doing good. He's showing some flashes now. No, SEC stand. His uh, <laughs> he's a grinder. For sure. Mm-hmm. I think that they might have something in there. For where they picked him in the draft in the low twenties, um, I think he's he's been, you know, a positive for where he drafted. And as I said last night in our chat, um, it offsets the swing and a miss that it appears Romeo Langford's been this year. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him, 
But, like, this reminds me – it reminds me so much of Nikhil Harry, who you know that I hate. I know that's different sports. But, like, it's, like, Twitter's, like, man, this guy's going to be so good, so good, so good. Like, he was a DMP coaches – did not play coaches' decision last night. Why is that? That tells me that clearly the coaching staff does not trust him to play at all. And I know he's been hurt, but, like, he's on the bench active and he's not playing. And you're playing guys that, like, are not that good in um, Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters, who a lot of people like, but I really – I don't really see it with him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with those. Um, so the C's definitely should be buyers. Um the Lakers and Clippers should be looking at dudes like uh, Marcus Morris, yeah. if they can swing it, or even a Robert Covington. But, but, but the, what Minnesota's the acting for so much. Minnesota is being ridiculous with Robert Covington and asking for like basically like an elite haul for basically a three and D role player, right. which is just asinine. But we'll see if somebody actually bites on that. And the Nuggets and the Heat should definitely be buyers, but they don't need so much, like, depth rotation help. They need a top-end guy. They need somebody like a Drew Holiday or uh, even a Clint Capella for the, in this uh, Heat's case. Uh, I don't, Danilo Gallinari doesn't really move the needle for me much, uh, and I don't know if the Thunder are going to give up on him with how well they've been playing. Yeah. Um, and but, New Orleans, to mention Drew Holiday, New Orleans has been playing better since they got Zion back. Mm-hmm. They've been playing pretty good. They got a big game tonight. They're playing the Bucks at home. I low key expect New Orleans to maybe win that game. The so yeah, the, that's another thing. If if the Pelicans think they can make a push for the eight seed, they're gonna hang on to him. Right. So it's gonna take a a very big meaty offer for the Pelicans to want to give up on an all defensive kind of talent uh, in Drew Holiday. And then another team that I think is, like, in between buyer or selling but I think should be buying is the Sixers. Obviously, the floor, the floor spacing with all their bigs, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, it's clearly not working the way they envisioned it. And the only way at this point, they only have two options in my eyes, and it's either blow it up and, like, trade one of Simmons or Embiid or just you've got to trade for shooting help because they, they they just nobody respects them on the perimeter. They just everyone lets them just jack it up from three at will, and they just pack it in on the paint. And so, if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking at bringing back JJ Redick if I can pull it off. But again, that's another dude on the Pelicans. Would the Pelicans be willing to give him up? if they are trying to make a push for the eight seed. Right, and I've heard this argued before, like you mentioned with Drew Holiday and stuff. Like, there is the counter-argument of, like, okay, so they'll be the eight seed and they'll lose to the Lakers or Clippers in the first round. Why can't they trade Drew Holiday for the future and add more picks because they're so young? And that that is a fair, you know, that is a fair argument. You definitely make that argument. But to get to the Sixers, like, man, they they have some real serious issues. They won. They cannot win on the road, no, and they're most likely going to have to play <laughs> all the their playoff series on the road unless they can somehow get to, like, the fourth seed in the East. Um, that, I, mean, I mean, they're only two back they, they are, the they are. Celtics. But they that. are playing some awful basketball. Yes, they are. Um, <clears throat> and they have so much money tied up. I mean, they have absolutely atrocious. That Horford contract is atrocious. 
And that Tobias Harris contract, yeah, Tobias Harris is a solid player, but everyone said it in July. That was a gross overpayment. They should have, you know, a pretty obvious that if they were, Jimmy Butler didn't want to go back to Philadelphia is what I read and stuff like that, but they should have let Harris walk and sign Butler to that Harris contract because Jimmy Butler's a better player than Tobias Harris. And you see that because he's completely changed the yeah. outlook for the and Miami Heat. From everything I've read, I sometimes I dive into Sixers Twitter every once in a while to see what they're saying, and uh, everything is it's like funny. everything it's funny. is like it's worth it. Jimmy was like this team's leader last year. Jimmy is the reason why they got to Game Seven in Toronto. Jimmy, this, Jimmy, that. We need Jimmy. We need Jimmy. And I. I, I mean, that's what they're saying, so I, I have to believe it. They are, I mean, they just have so much money tied up to this, that core four of Simmons, Embiid, Horford, and Harris. They're, they're all basically max players, and, man, they just cannot, they just, they're just not it. Like, they're just not it. Yeah. And they got an incompetent head coach, too, who they who is enemy number one in Philadelphia right now. Yep. Uh, and so... I've got a couple of teams that I think should be selling. Do you have any off the top of your head that you think should be selling? Well, bad teams should be selling. Detroit should be selling. Absolutely. That's um, one of they, my three. They have pissed, as I mentioned before, Derrick Rose. I don't think they're going to trade Andre Drummond. Um, it, it looks like this. It looks like they're going to trade Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like that's going to go through um, on Thursday, which I don't. I actually like the trade for Phoenix, but that's, you know, another thing. Um, I think. Charlotte should be sellers. They stink, but they. I read today. I don't that think they, they really have any. I read today of that they're looking value. to move Terry Rozier. I don't think anyone will do that. Yeah, and um, but, I've heard that. I've heard the name Malik Monk, yeah. but I, again, that's. I mean, he's not really doing much of right. anything. I don't think anyone's going to give up anything other than like a second round pick. Right, and they have Devonte Graham, who's been really good this year, but I don't think they want to trade him. Yeah, uh, the Knicks should definitely be sellers. But that's a, again, that's another situation of what do does what do they offer? What do they have that is of any substance to a contending team that is going to buy? Right. Like nobody's going to take on Julius Randle. Right. Nobody's going to take well, on. Well, they have Marcus Morris. Who, that's the who only. Has been, I did mention him, so yeah. you're all right on that. That's the only player I can really see being moved, unless the Knicks go out and get a absurdly deal. Right. And this is the same argument you can make for like very bad teams like the Kings, they should be sellers. Yeah. Like stuff like that. You can also like the Cavs, they should be sellers as well. But well, uh if you want to get to your teams. My my other two aside from the Pistons are the Trailblazers and the T-Wolves. See. I the, the I know what you're going to say about the Trailblazers. They've been battling injuries. They lost Zach been, Collins. They've they lost hot. Rodney Hood. Been I know hot they're, they're making a little bit of a push for that 8 seed, but I, I just they I know they made it to the conference finals last year, but they got smoked. I know they did. And then now the yes they've lost a couple of their key rotation guys, but they still have Lillard, they still have McCollum, they still have Whiteside. They brought in Mello, they traded for um, Trevor Ariza, and yeah they're they're starting to get it going. But what if it doesn't work? Like, so who who would you trade from that Whiteside? I, I, I would be inclined to trade one of McCollum or Whiteside. McCollum has a huge deal. That's a I know. huge deal. And so that's going to be tough. But, like, I just don't see that top three trio being a championship contender. And I think you've got to look to try and take one of those two and try and get somebody else to try and bring in instead to take him up with Dame and whoever which one you keep. Right. And Dame, then, Dame has been 
unbelievable uh, the last like two weeks. Volcanic. Like stupid. It's like he's averaging like almost fifty a game yeah. for like the past like two two and a half weeks. Absolutely absurd. In the case of the Timberwolves, they they, they just it's the same thing for me. They Cat, Wiggins, and whoever they choose to play at guard. They are it's, so obsessed with D'Angelo. Find you a man who loves you as much as the Timberwolves yeah. love D'Angelo Russell. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they are obsessed with bringing this man in. They think that he's going to put them over the top. It's like, no, he's not. I am sorry. Because even if you bring in D'Angelo Russell, odds are you have to send Andrew Wiggins. And I'm not saying whether that's a, a po- net positive or a net minus. I'm telling you, the core right now for the Timberwolves is just not working. It is dreadful. Obviously, you're not giving up Cat. That is who you build around. But clearly, Wiggins doesn't work well around him. Robert Covington, you brought him in. And yeah, he's been solid, but not clearly not making a difference in the win-loss column. You had uh, Jeff Teague, and you shipped him out. Uh, just... They, what they have is not working. They're on like a, a twelve-game losing yeah. streak, I and, believe. Cat uh, hasn't won since um, before Thanksgiving, I believe, is the thing going around that's, Twitter. That's that's embarrassing. His losing streak is sixteen games. He's missed some games due in to between. injury in between yep. and stuff like that. But like, I think it's obvious that people were ready to anoint like Cat as like this next franchise-saving. Big man, like right up there with like Giannis as like the best players in the NBA, and to me, I he's reminding me a lot of Anthony Davis, like uh, pre like okay. New Orleans Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like man, this guy's so good. Like, but, but his teams are never good. Yeah. Like, he, why is this? Why is this guy this all NBA type talent, but his teams just? aren't doing it and I don't think he's the level of talent that Anthony Davis is because he stinks on defense. He's awful. He puts up beast numbers, but yeah, he could he's not the great greatest yeah. defensively. He obviously still has to work on that. And I think he has maturity issues too. Well that yeah. I mean when Jimmy Butler comes in and just bullies you. Right. Just absolutely just calls out your basically your man the entire team's manhood by saying what he said about practices in there. Like that's all you need to know. And, like, he tries to, like, show some some resemblance of spunk or manhood when he tries to spark a fight with uh, Embiid early on this season. And it's like, dude, that's not organic. You're just doing that to try and gloss over the fact that you're soft as a just as a player. Like, you're a fantastic talent, but you just don't have that it factor that people like Jimmy Butler have. Sorry. But that's yeah, just how I, it is. I think that they, I, I think it's, they gotta it's blow not going to happen on Thursday. No, but like, yeah, they got to blow it up. I don't, I, I don't know why they like. I'm, I just don't see why they are intaking talent. They should be blowing it up and just trying to acquire all the draft picks that they can get. They should not be trying to send their first round pick this year to get D'Lo. That is insane. I know the draft class isn't the strongest this upcoming draft. That's going to be a top five pick. Absolutely, they stink. And I, I, even if you, if even if you feel that this draft class isn't the strongest and isn't that great, that's still a top five pick. You should be able to net a very top end player. Yeah, and Delo's good as long as you don't miss. You know who they they whiffed. It looks like Jared on Jarrett Culver, who's been dreadful. He's a guard and he's shooting forty eight percent from the free throw line. 
27 percent, 29, 27 percent from three. And like upper third, I think 38 percent from the field. He has been dreadful shooting the basketball. And he's still starting. They're still like trying to let him figure it out. And it's almost like it's just a forced issue. Um, but that's that's a t- another team. Yeah, man. I Between don't know where, the where they've gone because they were like the up and comers, and they made like I think they made like the eight seed two years ago or something like that, and they got in the last day of the NBA, and it was like wow, the piss the Timberwolves are here to stay. Like they're just going to keep oh ascending. Absolutely. And I mean they've smacked. Yeah, they awful, just awful. Right, so let's let's end on this. You mentioned Capella as a possibility if a trade rumor for the Celtics. Would you or would you not? Who are you offering for him? Okay, let's uh, let's do this. Hopefully, Jalen Brown. <laughs> not uh, for me. The most I'd be willing to give up for a Clint Capella is Cantor, Poirier, Langford, and I'm kind of iffy on which uh, which first round pick. But I obviously I would prefer the Milwaukee one. But if it takes the Memphis one. Considering what Memphis is doing right now, so be it. Like that's the absolute most. My thing is, is that I just really don't think it's like a league where the the league of the centers winning it's over. is gone. Yeah. So, like, I understand that like it's hard to get by Embiid if you don't have a center that can defend. It's hard to get by Giannis because not that he's a center, but he just drives to the rim and you have no one to stop him. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at it is like. I just don't think like Capella like you, you, Capella's good like they need like Rudy Gobert. Like that's like that's the they need like an elite like I don't think Capella well, I think every team would love to well, have yeah, a Rudy yeah, Gobert. Yeah, but I don't team. I don't think Capella is like this guy that you trade these people for. Like I would take him for like that's, It basically comes down to do, does he push you past the books? That's a I don't, good point. And, I don't think he does. I think he I don't can. think he makes I think he absolutely I don't think can. he makes your team that one's better than you are now. He two blocks a game, a steal a game. He gives you an abs, a force down low. He's a very good rebounder. He averages yeah, he 14 a rebounds a game. Uh, look, and his range is not very good. He can barely make an elbow jumper. Right. And he's I think he averages about uh, 59% from the free throw line. But he shoots 63% from the field because all he does is dunk and layups. But you can roll, you can design you can work around that. Clearly, the Rockets have, and so I have no doubts that the Celtics could try to find a way to integrate them into their offense. Obviously, he doesn't fit in offensively, but I think you can work around it. You don't have to play him thirty-two minutes, but you can play him early in games and just sort of run that pick and roll with Kemba, run that pick and roll with Tatum. Cosine. I mean. You could even do it with uh, Zach's favorite player, Jalen Brown. It's just uh, there. Are, you can make a Clint Capella work offensively, and you know that defensively, maybe the perimeter defense isn't great, but he is the rim protector. He's he's about as good as a rim protector as you can get on this trade market, in my opinion. I'll tell you what, though, the thing about Capella is that I am worried about the team that you are dealing with trading him as well because you're. You're not talking about a team that is rebuilding. You're talking about a team that is contending. Right? Are you now. worried about playing the Houston Rockets? No, I'm worried about what the Houston Rockets will want in return for Capella, as opposed to if they were in well, rebuild. Mode. Do you know what they offered? 
they but offered, they wanted Marcus Smart. They want Marcus Smart in a first. Yeah, I and would. I think the Celtics balked at that. I would not. As they should. I don't think they should trade Marcus. No, Smart absolutely. That's, that's the heart and soul of the team. You can't do that. Yeah, you cannot do that. That would that that would just put the team into a what? Okay, this what what is this move? Why? What did he? We need him. Right. He he is the leader. Like you you can say that Kemba is a leader, the leader of the team, or that one of the Jays is. But the heart and soul of the team is absolutely Marcus Smart. And if you trade him in sort of a win-now move, I think that's going to come with, at the very least, mixed reaction from the rest of the team. Right. I think it could blow up in their face if they trade Marcus Smart. I agree. Ultimately, just next 48 hours, should be be very interesting to see who... I really don't expect... I don't really expect the deadline to be all that active. Of course, now it'll probably be super active, but I just don't really no, see a I, lot of I, I kind of moved. agree with you. I think it's going to be really tough with a lot of teams in the mix to make a case where, hey, we're one, right. two moves away. And I, this comes down to, like, at the beginning of the season, we were like, wow, there's no Golden State, there's no Cleveland this year. There's so many teams that, like, still think that they can, you know, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, Pelicans, or in years past, like, they would definitely be sellers and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like... I think for that reason, people's asks are just going to be too high, and you're not going to see a ton done. Like, I yeah. think, like, Kennard gets moved, maybe one big name. So, yeah. like, either, like, your biggest name might be, like, Marcus Morris, honestly, getting Could moved. Could be. Uh, so my last point, uh, to go back to your buyout, I think if the Celtics choose to go that route, I think they're gonna, that's going to be a tougher route for them because if, you were, if you're in the buyout market, would you rather go to the one of the L.A.s right, right. or Boston? Right. Like, like come like, on. There's been talks of um, like Tristan Thompson getting bought out in Cleveland, and he probably goes and plays with LeBron. But man, if he got bought out by Cleveland, he would be perfect on the Celtics. True. I want to cut you guys off on that, but just a tweet that a Dodgers beat writer, Bill Plunkett, was on ESPN Radio. He wouldn't categorize the Betts trade talks as imminent or probable, just possible. Okay. Okay. Padres is interesting. <laughs> That's Whoa. a far cry from what we were hearing. Been here. Yeah. Mystery yeah. team, mystery team mystery three, team. show up. Right. We'll have to see. Angels, Mike Trout. <laughs> uh, so to end the show, we've been doing this the past couple weeks, especially with football being done. It's Mount Rushmore season, so for our third week of Mount Rushmores, it is my turn to give the topic, and it is vintage video games. And when I say vintage, I mean for us. Uh, before the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One came out. So anything like 2013 down. If we have people listening who were a little bit older, they'd be like, oh, the, vintage yeah. 2013, they're going to be like, give me Galaga. Yeah, yeah they're going to, I mean, they'd want to reach out and slap you yeah. across the face. I know, I know. I use that term very loosely, but, <laughs> yeah. but nonetheless, these are still great games. In my opinion, I'll do honorable mentions real quick first. Get them out of the way. Madden 07, Super Smash Bros, uh, Tiger Woods PJ Tour 2012 Masters Edition. I freaking love that game. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, those are honorable mentions. They're strong. They honestly could have been in my top four as well. My top four. Madden 07? Madden 07. the Michael Vick one? No. Madden 07 for me started to really make the game look real. Like, that was wow. the first. Was that Devin Hester on the cover? No, Sean Alexander. That's oh my god. That was the first Madden game that I was like, oh my god, this looks like the real thing. I think that's the first Madden I ever played. 
it was like one of those things, you know, I was just like, oh my God, I'm invested now. So anyways, all right, Mount Rushmore, NCAA football, 11. I know 14 or 13, whatever may have a, maybe the better game, but for me, Tebow on the cover, you could do local multiplayer dynasties. I think that was the last year you could do that, which really ticked me off. Anyways, that game is amazing, in my opinion, would play it even today. This one is a no-brainer. MVP Baseball 2005, yep. probably it's one of the greatest sports games of all time ever created. Um, what was uh, Barry Bonds called in that game again? John Dowd. Andy. Yep. Yep. Um, NBA 2K13. I say this because, <laughs> yeah, it was the one with Derek Rose, uh, KD, and Blake Griffin on the cover all at once. And that game to me... You had Jay-Z curated soundtrack. To me, the multiplayer was as, like, neutral and, like, flowy as it could have been at that time. And just the amount of associations I've gone through in that is sickening. Yeah. Shout out our Lakers. Yeah. Mavericks. Lakers, Mavericks. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. And the last one may not be for all, but this one has to be in there for me personally and probably for some others. Uh, Super Mario Strikers. Um has, has to be on the board. Wouldn't be right if I didn't put it on the board. So those are mine, honorable mentions, and my top four as well. Guys, uh, you got anything else to add to that list? I, I mean, I spent so much time on MW2 that yeah. there's no way it couldn't be on there for me. It was tough. That was a tough one. Um, I would I mean, I'd kick off 2K because whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 2K is dumb. Closeted basketball guy. <laughs> Big basketball guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, MWT, you come home from school, hop on, you're just talking so much trash to everybody in the lobby, and it was just a mayhem. It was, oh, it was, it was great times. It was great. Yeah. For me, and I think, Dan, you'll, you might remember this, uh, I think it was NCAA basketball. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, 07 or 08? The one that had Hashim the beat. Oh, that was uh, was that 10. 10? Because yeah, I had the Blake, last one. Blake was on the cover. Blake Griffin on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they this, had the, Adam Morrison, I think, was on the cover. Morrison yeah. was 07. Yeah, yeah. 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 So NCAA, uh, bas- oh, NCAA Basketball awesome. 10 was the last one that ever came out. Yep. I've played right. so many dynasties in that. I literally did a 30-year challenge. <laughs> I, that's, that's embarrassing to say that I wasted like so much time <laughs> on one dynasty. That is a lot of time. Um, but... Nothing will ever, I will never get over the fact that every time me and Dan played head to head in that game, he would be UConn. And he found a glitch where if you took Hashim Tabit, who is known to not know how to shoot a basketball whatsoever, he would take him f- coast to coast, mind you, and he would go the length of the floor, sprint to the corner, and take a fadeaway three pointer, and it would go in 90% of the time. I oh, yeah. crap you not. Dude, it was like. So sometimes I would, like, go and fade. A lot of times I would try to, you know, once I got onto your side of the half court, I would get it to Hashim the beat. And then say if he, if he was in the paint or something, I would always sprint to, like, the far corner. Yeah. And then do, like, a turnaround. And then even if you had a hand in my face, more than half the time he hit it. And once I found out it was a thing, I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Because you would be Duke and, like, half your team would be three-point specialists. I'm like, well, I got... Hashim, I've got like a sophomore Kemba Walker, like that can't shoot. Like, oh gosh, 
Yeah. You, I will never get over that glitch. Yep. You, it's up you there. gave me some sleepless nights because of that. It's up there. It has to be. A lot of great games over the years. A lot of. Uh, you could g- really go any which way with the Mario game. The Mario games are basically your preference. Yeah. If you're Mar- a big Mario Kart guy, you can go Double Dash with the yep. GameCube. That's a that's a classic. All time. Uh, you can go pretty much any Mario Party game that fits under that bill, the timeline. Uh, I don't have a specific one because I was never really into the Mario yeah. Party thing. Um, but f- for me, uh, Mario was Superstar Baseball. I yeah. think we started playing mm-hmm. that as soon as it came out. Uh, I know not all of us kept going with it, but like, I mean, I remember getting it for my birthday. Yeah, we were, were yeah. in your basement playing yep. it immediately yep. the night of that you got it. Yep, I remember that. Um, but like that, that's a game that I still play pretty much to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan does too. I mean, and I, I that that's why Strikers is yeah. I had to put one of them in there. Yeah, we play Strikers all the time. Yeah, you, you big we, Strikers guy. We still play that. We literally have played that for years. Yeah, uh, it's that's that game is timeless to me. Absolutely, Jonathan. Um, yeah, I mean, you didn't you said Mario a little bit, but like I still got like I played a lot of like I never really played the. Like some of the games that you guys were talking about, like I, I played COD, but I was so bad at it that I really it didn't doesn't hold nostalgia to me. It makes sense. <laughs> Retweet. It makes sense that you're trash but, seeing you play Fortnite. But um, <laughs> like I would just shout out like these are games that you can still play like to this day, but like on the Wii as a like I, I got like yeah Wii Sports Ooh, like that's... Wii Sports like man did I spend hours playing that game? Bro, we that. had some anything. Nice yeah. Wii bowling. Like, yeah, Wii bowling. But all of them like Wii bowling, Wii tennis, Wii oh, baseball, Wii golf. Wii golf. Like Wii even golf Wii can screw off. Wii boxing was kind of trash. I yeah, hated the nunchuck, but like the other Wii Sports were pretty good. And then Mario Kart for the Wii Two still a very solid game. You got a couple yep. of the boys together. That's getting pretty intense. Absolutely, I think. I think we covered a lot there on the video game front. Yeah. Jonathan will have Mount Rushmore next week, so do your homework. Nah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, it's going to come in ice cold. Uh, Mount Rushmore of <laughs> bottle openers. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I think Rushmore that's going to... Uh, computers. <laughs> <laughs> Country Rose, baby. We're back. Go Duke. We'll see you next week. Duke Go trash. Celtics. Go Jalen Brown. Five to seven. Tuesdays. Mouth and off sports. Love you all. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia.
hang thick from the cypress trees like sausage on a smoking.